Good morning and welcome to All Things Jessamine. Glad to have you on this Saturday morning as we continue to learn about people, places, and things of Jessamine County. With us today, we're going to be talking about a couple of people uh, who were in our community for a lot of years, and their last name was Comley. Some of you may remember Victor and Geraldine, especially they lived up on the corner of 3rd and Maple. Their son, Mark, is with us. Good morning, Mark. Hi, Doug. Glad that you could come in today and let's talk about your parents and your family because there's a lot of people that listen to this program that remember them and remember people from PAC in the past. And we'll just talk a little bit about them and what they did for and then you guys, too, what you're doing, too. Let's start with Victor. Now, I know he was very proud to be from Pollard, Kentucky. Yes, he was. He was from Pollard, and he never forgot that, and he <laughs> liked to go back there and visit, and he talked about it till the day he died. Do you know who his parents were? His parents were uh, Dola and Calvin. Okay. Now, were they originally from Pollard, or did they come in here from somewhere you else? No, I'm, I'm, I really don't know. Yeah. I'm not for sure about that, but uh, he had people all over Pollard, so. Yeah, kin to all were, of them. Yeah, yeah, kin to everybody down there, I think. So. It seems like, I remember, he was somehow hooked to Ellistine Hager through the houses, I right, think. Right, right. They are kin. We were kin. I know when I'd go to school, I'd say, I got a new girlfriend He'd say who, and I'd tell him, and he'd say, well, she's your third cousin twice removed, so it's so kind of funny. It, it was limited. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know where how they met him and your mom? I sure do, yeah. Um, she was originally from up around McKee, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and her mom died when she was about 10 years old, and she came to live with her mom's sister, which was Ella and Lunsford, and Ella was married to Jesse Lunsford, who was a postman in Nicholasville. Mm-hmm. And he delivered the mail for years, and they lived down on uh, Maple Street, down right above where the Kurtz's house was, the mm-hmm. White House with mm-hmm. several acres down there. And she lived with her, and um, she went to high school here, and she was good friends with uh, my father's sister, Gwen, Gwen Lentz, mm-hmm. who lives in Paducah now. And um, they were real good friends. And I think he had seen her out somewhere, maybe I don't know. I asked Gwen, and Gwen seemed to think maybe it was the windmill. I don't know if the windmill was around then. Gwen asked me, but they, he had seen her out at some restaurant and said, you know, I just might go to the Army and come back and marry that gal. <laughs> and then one night he was down there at um, the Lunsfords with um, with Gwen. Gwen stayed there a lot because she went to high school here in Nicholasville. And he saw my mom on the front porch. Or my dad was getting ready to leave, and she said, aren't you going to give me a goodbye kiss? And they kissed, and then I think Gwen told me that Mom called Mary Esther Lockridge and said, I've just met the man I'm going to marry. So wow. That's, that's how they met. And they were married in my Aunt Ella's garden right behind that, right behind the house. And I don't know that it was a garden, but yeah. it was a backyard, but yeah. they called it a garden yeah. wedding. I know that she had sprained her ankle about two days before. They talked about this a long time. That she had sprained her ankle about two days before the wedding. And he had put vinegar and brown paper on it. Mm-hmm. So anytime we had a sprained ankle playing ball or anything, till the time I graduated from college, I had brown paper and vinegar on my ankle. So did your dad now? Did he graduate? I guess from Nicholasville High. I think so. Yeah. And did he go straight to the army? Or? He went to college. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's pretty hilly down there. Mm-hmm. And I know Calvin had told him one day. He said, "You know, you can't ever accomplish much in these hills." You need to go to college. And not many people down through there had gone to college in the family. So when he went, I know he hitchhiked, and he told me that some of his aunts and uncles wouldn't even pick him up because they didn't really want him going to college. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he walked a lot. He Did he go to UK? He went to UK. Yeah. He majored in geology, and 
they deferred him. He he got drafted or signed up. I don't remember what the deal was, but he had about three months left, and and they deferred him till he got out of college. And right after he got out, he went in and he he went in as an officer because you know he. But he did. He was a captain in the army. What made him want? If you know, what made his interest in geology? I don't know. You know, I that's, think that's, I mean, that's kind of an odd. Yeah, that is an odd. I don't know, really know. Yeah. I know. He was a very good speller and actually won like a state spelling championship when he was in the third or fourth yeah. grade. Wow. Yeah, at least he told us that. So. <laughs> <laughs> went to college, went to UK. Now he And then he saw your mom. Right. And went to the Army. I went to the Army. I think they saw each other a little bit before the Army. And then mm-hmm. when he came back, he, he they got married. Where did he serve in his Army career? Uh, all over Africa. And really? I think some in Germany, but he was stationed in Africa more than anything, I think. When, when would that have been? He didn't see any war action. Oh, I don't know. Nineteen. I think he did actually, because I think it was right during World War II, nineteen forty-three, forty-four. Yeah, I guess yeah. he would yeah. have right at the start. Yeah, right. No, he got a you know some kind of a an award or accommodation for saving. I thought he saved a guy that had fallen off of a ship, but I talked to Laura on the way down here, and she said it was a package of merchandise or papers or something that had fallen off of a ship or floated away from a dock, and he jumped in and got it and swam it to safety and mm. i was thinking it was somebody but she mm. thought it was a some kind of valuable parcel i don't really wow. know the story but i do remember him talking about it and i actually saw it in the newspaper clipping that he had so he got out of the army came back everything good safe everything, right hope and nothing they happened got married him. and um, and they got married got married in the garden right and then he went to work for armco steel okay Worked there for several years. Um, I know he told me he was on commission and was a while before he sold anything. And he told me that he went to his boss and said, look, I'm not I don't think this is working out. And the boss said, well, how do you think I feel? Yeah, I'm the one I'm advancing. You You haven't sold anything yet. <laughs> but then he um, he got he became he started making a lot of sales and became pretty successful at that. Mm-hmm. I know we would drive to Cincinnati and we'd see a big metal pipe sticking out of the road on i-75 when they used to call it death hill and there was a big black pipe and it was i'd say man that's a, an ugly pipe sticking out of the highway and he said hey i sold them that so <laughs> it's kind of funny you he know? was proud of that yeah pipe. oh yeah how long did he work for them well i'm we were talking about that too i'm not really for sure i'd say uh about 1960 he started working for the uh, kentucky association of highway contractors right now, but before 60, before we get too far down that road, at some point in time, he and your mom decide it's time to start a family. Right. So let's talk about you and your sisters. Give it to us in line, and, and not only when they came along, but maybe what they're doing now. Well, now, I can't tell you the dates, but That's I can okay. tell you, I'm 63, and I was born in 52. Richard was born in 55. I think Laura is three or four years older than I am, and mm-hmm. Missy is uh, right after Laura, so... They got married probably about 46, 47, had Laura, you know, shortly 48, 49, mm-hmm. and then had Missy and then me and then Richard. So uh, Laura is in North Carolina. She moved away. She's in Carborough, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and she also has a home in um, St. Simons Island, Georgia, which I assume she will move there because eventually because she likes the climate there better right. than in North Carolina. Right. And Missy has moved to... Um, but Missy moved to Baltimore, and she just recently moved to North Carolina after her husband passed away yeah. to be with Laura. And um, I think Missy may move to Georgia, too. Richard lives in Lexington. He owns an insurance company. He's married. 
and he has several homes in St. Simons, Georgia. They all kind of migrate toward that. It's a nice vacation spot, and I assume one day he'll retire down there. Did so. one of them find it, and the rest of them kind of fall Well, you it? know. Um, or was that a family it vacation? Was, no, I, I went down there once to Sea Island, Georgia, and it was pretty expensive, so I started going to St. Simons, taking my kids, Yeah, and we kind of liked it, and Richard came down. The family did come down there a lot, and and uh, then Richard bought a couple of houses down there, and he rents them out. And so, do you have a house? No, there? no. So I don't you have a house found the place, and I'm the only the one. Doesn't yeah, have I'm the only one doesn't have a house down there. I just bum off them, and stay, stay with them when I go down. That there. sounds to me like yeah. you're the smartest yeah. of the bunch. I don't know about that. Maybe the poorest of the bunch. How about that? Oh, yeah. Tell us about you, man. You've had a oh, I just life. Um, yeah, I have a pretty interesting life. I'm a magician, self-employed magician. I've always been self-employed. And, Seems like I'm busier now than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Mom always encouraged my magic. Dad, they would go take trips, and there weren't any magic shops around here. They would go to Washington, D.C. There was a magic shop up there, and they would mm-hmm. bring me a trick or two, and I'd have fun with it, and they really encouraged me, so that's kind of why I do it. Man, you were telling me the other night at the fair, how many you do a year? Oh, my gosh, I do four or 500 shows a year. I don't know how you do it. Of course, you know that there the other night. You were there every night, I think, and yeah. did, what, two or three a night? Yeah, I did three or four a night. And, um, so I you got there. 15, 20 right, shows right, in a week. Right, I was there six nights, and they've booked me again for next year. So wow. They got a great fair out there. Where's the farthest you go? Well, I used to be at the casino in Indiana on a regular basis the, uh, in the Rising Sun, Indiana, mm-hmm. and it got a little far, two hours away, ever not ever a Friday and Saturday night. So I just kind of stake a little closer now that I'm older. But I go to, I used to do Vegas once every summer at the mm-hmm. Riviera Hotel, but I don't do that too much anymore. I'll go wherever they want me as long as they pay. <laughs> Interesting right. career, right? Interesting career. Now, your dad, you said, uh, went to work for the highway department. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it wasn't the highway department. He was actually, um, it was not anything political. It was, a lot of people think it was. They would, I know every time there was a new administration, people would say, well, is your dad going to keep his job? It was the Kentucky Association of Highway Contractors, okay. which was more like a lobbying group for the highway mm-hmm. department. You know, he would make sure that the uh, contractors were well represented when they put their bids in for the road jobs. And uh, he worked closely with the helped kind of develop the interstate system through Kentucky. He was kind of proud of that with the Codell Construction and um, some of the bigger construction companies, Greer Brothers and Young out of London. And um, that's that's just what he did. He did that for quite a while. Oh, too. yeah, yeah, he did that. And then when he retired, he um, started uh, real estate appraising. He really liked that. He also dabbled in antiques, had a little antique interest. He mm-hmm. traded Oriental rugs and collected fine antiques and you know that was pretty much pretty interesting to me too i had forgotten about him doing the appraisal service oh yeah yeah Yeah. he he did quite a few yeah he did a lot of those did them for kentucky bank yeah uh, jessman first federal and several of the banks around town what about your mom through all this did she work outside the home no she did when she was in high school she worked for dr neal here and then she had a little white dress uh, just kind of looked like a nurse from what uh, i recall that she was te- would tell us you know but uh, she she went to high school here and she didn't go to college but she did work for miss steinbeck do you remember t- hearing about miss steinbeck yes. department store yeah. yes in fact it, there. i don't think it was right below where we are but maybe a door yeah down. Yeah, it's, yeah it's somewhere around this block right of course those old stores are long gone but she mm-hmm. did work for her and other than that she never worked after uh, they got married she never worked she was just the stay-at-home mom well, cooked dinner at six o'clock five o'clock after you ate dinner you didn't eat anymore there wasn't any there weren't any snacks around you know we mm-hmm. ate and 
she cooked for us every night and was just a great mom. She had the hardest job of all. Oh, yeah. 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 She yeah. made cream candy. I don't know if you remember oh. that, but she made that cream candy and would make 30 or 40 batches of it every Christmas and give it out to people. And, of course, anytime anybody passed away, she would always make them a mm-hmm. cake, one of those coconut cakes. Or mm-hmm. She was kind of famous for her baking around here. So, When did we lose them? What, what year did they each die? You- well, Mom was 2011. I think okay. Dad uh, preceded her by about three years, I okay. think. Yeah. And you all, have, like every other family, you have your ups and your downs. You had some tragedy, you know, right. with, with losing. It was talking about Victor being in the military. Were you yeah. in the military? No, I wasn't. But, you know, you're talking about that. That's the only time I saw my father cry was when my son. Let's yeah. talk about Chase. Yeah. Tell us, because yeah. he, he served his country well and gave the ultimate sacrifice. Right. Let's talk about that. He was killed by a suicide bomber in August of 2005. Mm-hmm. He was 21. He was a Marine serving in um the Iraqi war, and he was killed near Fallujah. And that had to be oh, it was just the terrible. worst news that you could ever get. Yeah, I couldn't tell my parents when they uh, when I found out. I couldn't call. I called Laura, and I said, I can't tell them. You're going to have to tell them. Yeah. So Laura came down here and told them. And, you know, and then when I saw my dad, he cried. And that's the only time I had ever seen my dad cry. Well, nobody can imagine the feelings you go through unless you've been through it. Right. And, you know, my mom said None. she led a Cinderella life up until that point. Yeah. You know. But we do appreciate the fact that, that he made his sacrifice for right. our country. Right. Very honorable. But it's sad. It's sad that he had him 21 years old. He was 21. He was a Marine. He was very proud of it. Yeah. So. And that's got to be it's got to be tough, especially the parents, but grandparents too. You sometimes you you tend to forget about the other right. family members. And I remember one story about Victor. I'll tell you, it's really funny. He had a great sense of humor when I, I know when I was around him and saw him. And oh yeah, to him. I remember I worked in the county clerk's office and he bought a new car. And I want to say it was Mercedes. I'm yeah, not sure, oh yeah, I think he had it was. a Mercedes. And he came in to get it licensed, and he needed to pay his sales tax. And I remember, <laughs> I remember him talking about it. He said that he, in addition to making the new car or buying the new car, had made a new will, and in it he wrote, uh, "Being of sound mind and body, I've spent every penny." <laughs> and that's just, I always remember that story. But he just had that good sense of humor. Yeah, he did. It. He he was a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about, I know that when he, when I was um, telling you, even, even when he was dying there, I was I was there by his deathbed about two days before he passed away. And he asked me in a very weak voice, he said, are you got a show tonight? And I said, yeah. And he said, where are you going? I said, Carrollton, Kentucky. And he said, that's Billy Goat country up there. So, you know, he had a very good sense of humor and he could always tell a good story. So, you know, he was very proud of this county. Oh, yeah. He loved Jessamine County. Yeah, and very proud. Well, even more in particular, the Pollard area. Was, right. But I know he was very proud of being for here. Let me ask you this, Mark. If you had to describe as a dad, how would you describe in a word or two? He was very caring, very sensitive, uh, loving. He was not real affectionate, but you knew, you know, outwardly, but you, mm-hmm. you always knew that he was very loving. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better parent. What about your mom? Same way. She was very loving and affectionate and um, just was very sweet to all of us. Mm -hmm. And, of course, none of us ever gave her any problems, any major problems other than, (laughs) you know, I I know sometimes when I was in college, I I would stay at the dorm. But Mm -hmm. when when I was home for the summer, I like to stay out all night. Mm -hmm. And they didn't care as long as they knew where I was. (laughs) You know, even if I had to call them, there were no cell phones. But I'd call them at 5 o'clock in the morning and I'd say, hey, I'm in Paris tonight, you know, or I'm Mm -hmm. in... uh, Mm -hmm. 
I'm in Georgetown tonight. They didn't care as long as they knew that, you know, where I was. And so. that you were okay. Right, right. You know, you grew up in in a time that a lot of people that live in our county don't remember some of the old businesses. You remember you mentioned Steinbach's oh, yeah. and, and different ones. A whole different than it is oh, now. Oh, absolutely. There's Hobbs downtown. Yeah. Of course, Hemphill's Pharmacy, Yearwood's Pharmacy. I know once when I was a child, they had a big box in front of Yearwood's. It was a big wooden box that Stratton Lumber had built, and some local, some magician was coming to one of the local schools. And mm-hmm. He was, I don't remember his name, but he was going to get out of that box, and that box was on display there in the, in the drugstore window. I'll never forget that, but that was pretty interesting. But, yeah, there were a lot of nice businesses downtown. Yeah. And we had nickel days. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And yeah, the, and, you, you, and they actually made wooden, yeah, wooden nickel stands. Swindler's there. Shoe Store. You remember Swindler? I yeah. don't. Yeah, there was Swindler's Shoe Store. Where was that? It was um, Bill Swindler was his name. Bill Swindle, Swindler, wow. something like that. But it was um, down there below Hemphills. Well, you remember the days when Saturdays were packed. Oh, yeah. The streets yeah. were packed. The People visited. It was it was a typical small town. Right. People came to town. and People would sing on the courthouse lawn and sell stuff. Mm-hmm. And people, and I know the courthouse, uh, that little, those limestone that limestone wall, it was smooth from where people had sat there mm-hmm. so long. And mm-hmm. You know, I asked my dad one time there about people, if he had ever seen anybody selling stuff and doing the pitch act like magicians do. I mm-hmm. had gotten interested in that, and he had told me a funny story. He said that he saw a guy selling some kind of herbal medicine, and he was making a pitch trying to sell this and said some man interrupted him and said, Mr., will it cure the asthma? And he said the guy may have been a plant because he had such a great comeback. He said, let me tell you something. If it would cure asthma, he said, I'd have the top floor on the highest office building in Cincinnati. It'd take you three months to come see me to get an appointment. No, I don't think it'll cure it, but it will greatly relieve it. (laughs) And he said he'd sold out of the stuff when he said that. So (laughs) I'll never forget him telling me that story. So, you know, and you mentioned something there. Uh, You don't think, and I don't know why, but you don't normally think that there would be people like that selling things in, in Nicholasville. Right. I mean, that, that, that almost sounds like something that happened out west. Right. But, yeah, but, it sure was. Yeah. I, and they'd sing on the court. I'd see the gospel singers. Every Saturday, people came to town. Yeah. And you'd see them, the gospel singers, three or four people preaching out there on the courthouse, right in the middle yeah. of the courthouse. Different time. Yeah, just right there on the courthouse lawn. Well, and you were telling me prior to the show about the shoe. Tell that story. Right. That, that, yeah. That, well, there was a the world's tallest man, and I can't remember his Wardlow. I can't yeah. remember his first name. I want to say Robert. Ro- Might have been Robert. I think but anyway, um, he lived in Ohio, and he was you know seven, eight feet tall, maybe seven mm-hmm. feet eleven, something like that. Had some kind of rare disease. He actually died when he was pretty young. I think he was about twenty one when he died. But he came around on tour, and he went to this shoe store, and uh, it was one of the Denman's stores. And he left a big shoe there. And it was, I took it to show and tell when I was in about the third or fourth grade. Uh, Mom and Hilda Giles were very good friends. And Hilda and Mary Denman, we knew Mary Denman through Hilda. And I got this shoe and took it to school. And of course, it may be bigger now than when I was in the third grade. (laughs) But it seems to me like it was about three feet long. And I was in Euro one night telling Mary Esther about it. And Mary Esther Lockridge, she told me, she said, well, I've got that shoe. One of my sons has that shoe. (laughs) She said, when I cleaned up Mary Denman's basement, that shoe was in there. And it was kind of moldy. But we cleaned it up and took it out of there. So I would love to see that shoe. And I told Mary Esther that. But, of course, I haven't gotten with her and seen it. But 
Oh yeah, it was. I thought it was when I when I recalled it to Mary Esther. I thought it was a salesman sample, but mm-hmm. she told me it belonged to that Wardlow. Wardlow guy, Lo- yeah. yeah. So very interesting. Well, yeah. you know, speaking of show and tell, I took a three foot long machete to school that my uncle um, had in the Spanish American War. We passed it around. Really. For, show and tell yeah he had gotten it off of a philippine he was in the he was in the spanish-american war and he had brought that home and i took it to show and tell and can you imagine doing that today no of course you, yeah right they, they wouldn't your parents wouldn't let they you wouldn't let the you time but, we never thought anything but it, about it. And it but if you did you'd be expelled right, right, and right. all that kind of stuff yeah times times were a whole lot different times well, in a lot of different ways i'll tell you another funny story my mom told me she and i had forgotten about it she told me that i made a homemade bomb that i had gone down to the <laughs> to the western auto store which was on the corner there where uh, united bank mm-hmm. is now and i don't know if western autos are even still around now but and I had bought two railroad flares that I, and taped them together with electrical tape, put a little clock in it, put it in a cigar box. I had seen it, I guess, on Roadrunner or, or Bugs Bunny. And she said it looked just like a homemade bomb. Of course, it wasn't a bomb because it, was, it wasn't dynamite. It was railroad flares. <laughs> but she said, I took that to school. And she said, can you imagine doing that? And I had forgotten about that. But that was in about the fourth wow. or fifth grade, yeah. You know what's even as amazing is the fact that you could buy railroad flares right, in right, right. downtown Nicholas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could buy anything down there, and they'd fix your tire. I know Bob Purcell owned that store. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever – you remember heard that? Of Bob yeah, Purcell. yeah. They owned that store, and we'd ride down there and bug him, and he would fix our tires and charge us 50 cents or a quarter. You know, we've talked about this many times on this program, but when you start in this – three block area of starting at oak and going all the way down boy i tell you what there was everything in the world but there were so many businesses that were duplicates right think yeah, about how yeah, many grocery stores and, yeah my uncle oscar had a grocery store down oscar there. Yeah, Conley's. yeah in fact that was talked about when we did the program on cleveland thompson carol his daughters carol and ann uh, were talking about that thompson's market was in what what used to be Hendron's. Right. And then next door, I think, was was Oscar Comley's store. Right. And when he decided to sell or retire or whatever, they went over there and tore, I think, the old store down oh, yeah. and built back what is now there. Uh, Von Groningen's was right. in it. And I guess now it's some kind of a, a theater or something, or well, it used to be a theater. I think now it's a. It, it's, it's now. Antique yeah, yeah, or yeah. Antique mall or you something. You can rent yeah. spaces or something. Of course, and right down the street from that you had heathman's and you had ann's beauty shop and a lot of boy the place was packed with all kinds of things where was one of your your favorite hangouts as a kid well i went to hemp hills of course and i rode my bike down to the uh, ben franklin and i'd park in the back door and go in there and Mm -hmm. sit on the floor and read comic books Mm -hmm. we didn't have to buy them i'd just sit there and read them read read superman and kid colt outlaw and all those and you know the bad thing about it though mark i mean you could do that back then right but boy you talk about eyes on you you had eyes because everybody knew it and all the parents watched well i used to hitchhike when i was probably 14 or 15 herb van hook and i actually hitchhiked to cincinnati i talked to herb maybe a couple years ago and he said how'd we get home and i said i don't remember that but i remember hitchhiking up there but i don't know how we got home we hitchhiked to a magic shop in cincinnati wow but you know now i wouldn't do it oh no you know wouldn't even think about it and no 
you know, I, I can go to Kroger now and not know, but three or four people maybe. But back oh, yeah. then, you knew everybody, like you say. You did. You knew everybody, and everybody knew you. Right. And you really couldn't get in a whole lot of trouble right. and get away with it. I'll right. put it that way. Right. Because you just had so many people looking out for you, watching you. And not that they were stalking you, but, but they right. had eyes. Took care of you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the good part of that is, is that you always had a safe place. Right. You know, no matter where you were, you yep. knew that if you needed help, that you absolutely sure. could get it. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Our time, believe it or not, has dwindled away wow. already. It goes quick. But I sure appreciate you coming in and doing some remembering with me, especially about your mom and dad. Nice people. Oh, yeah. Very nice people. And, and a lot of people knew them in this community and appreciated their, their contribution. I know they were big. Was it the Baptist Church? Oh, yeah. They yeah. Were, and yeah. They, I think maybe... Ten years before they passed away, they had switched and started going to the Christian mm-hmm, church. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they but, were, but they were Baptists, and we were all raised Baptists. Yeah, very involved. Baptist, yeah, they were good people. And personally, again, I will reiterate our our appreciation to the sacrifice your family Thank has you. made, your son, and and wish you the best in all this this traveling around, folks. If you ever get a chance to see Mark in in one of his shows, be sure to do that because. Uh, you got a lot of you got a lot of stuff. I mean, oh yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Thank you, Doug. My thanks to Mark Cumley for coming in today and sharing some information about his parents, Victor and Geraldine. It is our pleasure to come in every Saturday morning and bring you all things Jessamine. We appreciate you listening right here on Jess FM one hundred five point nine.